0: g Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 61.
1: The home run, King. Roger Maris. There it goes. Number 60. Well, you
2: know you're real close to something, you're going to try and gun for it.
0: Number 61.
3: He ties Roger Maris.
4: This is something special, though. We're not done yet.
3: Ready, waiting, anxious. High fly ball.
0: He's done it. 62. Aaron Judge is the American League single-season home run leader. Case closed.
5: What a moment. Keyshawn J. Willimax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Now on ESPNU, the ESPN app. Click on the lower right-hand corner of the app. says more. Click on it. Scroll down to live radio. And if you have a phone, you can take us wherever you go. Listen live. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So Aaron Judge hit his 62nd. I was getting nervous that he wasn't going to get to 62, you know? Broke Roger Maris. He tied Babe Ruth's record 60 in 154 games. Then he tied Roger Maris. He never broke Ruth in terms of hitting 61st before game 155, but still tying it's huge. Maris also didn't break Ruth's record in 154 games. And then Hit was on 61. I'm like, is he going to tie Maris, too, and just end up just tied at 61? But he hit his 62nd. I was hoping he would also get the triple crown. He's like four points off the batting average lead. And, and is, uh is being sat by uh, Rocco Baldelli, the manager, and, uh, you know, claiming that uh, <laughs> and he's got a hamstring. He's got a hammy. <laughs> so he's sitting out and, you know, trying to get the batting crown that way. Although, to be fair, you know. Judge has had plenty of at bats to try, you know, to to, to raise really, the bat Does game. it
6: really even matter though at this point? It'd be nice I mean, to win West, a triple crown in the year you. Set yeah, the but record. I'm trying to win a. I'm trying to win a crown. Sure. A crown. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like a ring. Yeah, a ring. And and so, does it really really matter? I, I, I mean, to, when Max, you start talking about I, the greatest I, I, seasons I, I, ever, I'm trying
1: to win everything. Yeah. You want every. You want to get it? It's not mutually exclusive. I want it all. I want. I want it all. I can do it. all. if you
6: can, if you can do it, with the. If you can do it within you winning a championship, of course, yeah, then yeah, you do yeah. it. But he's had plenty of opportunities to do it and be in this yep. position at the end of the season, and it did happen. So let's not. I understand you're a know, Yankees fan, Max, and going to go crazy and pull out your hair and all that. But let's not, you know, but kid, doesn't spend feel like too much re- time worrying about. That. I want it, it, it all really, like it in Monopoly.
1: It doesn't really feel like Aaron Judge has a personality trait or character that would make you think that he's chasing individual stats because every time this dude opens his mouth, it's always been about the team first. Everything has been about them Believe winning. me, when
5: a Triple Crown's on the line, people are like, Triple Crown's are rarer than – like, a Triple Crown, in my lifetime it's happened once, that's Miguel Cabrera. And before I, right before I was born, about five years before I was born, uh, Carl Yastrzemski did it. You know, you're talking about 55 years, it was, it's happened twice. It's very, in most, very in, rare. And
6: most, most baseball players, though, in general, Jay, they're gonna always talk about the team. I, it just that's just baseball. They never like it's hard to say. Well, I, I, I didn't get a chance to hit the home run. Yeah. Even when you hear, him, even when you hear pitchers being taken out of games, even though we know that this guy has a perfect game coming, but his, his pitch count might be a little bit high, right, Max? And then all of a sudden he's yanked. You never hear him say, "Well, man, my manager should have left Can't me do it. in." That's not they the never culture. say that. Yeah, they just not the culture. Go well, you know whatever manager skipper wants to do. You know, that's that's what you're going to kind of get. Guys,
5: so there's a lot of talk about what's the real home run record because the fact is Bonds hit 73. Each one of them counted in the game. It affected the score of the game, the outcome of the season, the whole thing. Same thing with with McGuire and Sosa in 98. They hit 70 and and 66 that year. But the fact is when Barry Bonds was 34, his home run to at-bat ratio, because he was in a little decline from his prime, as 34-year-old players usually are, and he had one home run to every 14.9 at-bats, which is excellent. He was on-base was 4.38. He slugged 6.09. Still an all-time great player. But that same year, Maguire and Sosa got all the press, all the fame, all the money, right, because they were smashing the home run crown, and if, obviously that was ill-gotten goods. You'd have to be brainless not to see that. So, by oh, Bonds was like, oh, we're playing it this way? Okay. And by oh one. one His home run to at-bat ratio more than cut in half. One home run every 6.5 at-bats. His on-base 5.15. He slugged 8.63. It became like a cartoon. So people who recognize Judge, like me, point to that and say, come on, guys, we know how that happened. Carl Ravitch, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. ESPN Major League Baseball announcer with us now. What's up, Ravi? What's up, Ravi?
2: How you boys doing? Good to talk with you.
5: Likewise. What do you think about Judge's season? You know, not just the fact that he hit the 62nd, but he's four points in batting average away from a triple crown, and he's leading the, the next closest guy by over 20 home runs, right? Like, where does this season stack up? Not just in history, in the seasons you've seen, Carl. Where would you put it?
2: Well, I mean, it's a top 10 offensive season individually of all time, and I thought you framed the Bonds, McGuire, Sosa stuff really well. Now, my wife, who's smarter than I am, asked the question Would Would Barry Bonds or McGuire or Sosa have otherwise passed 61 without the benefit of performance enhancing drugs? I, mean, I think you circle 98 to 01, and, and we all have to you know, deal with it individually. This is not a collective end of conversation. He is the single season home run record. The beauty of sports is you debate everything. Personally, the season Aaron Judge is having is top five, top 10 of all time. And he did it on a team that dealt with all sorts of injuries, carried them to 100 wins. It's very rare that one person in this sport is able to do, you know what Wilt or Michael Jordan did or when Eric Dickerson rushed for 2,100 yards. Like th- this is an outlier, and it appears very much so to be done without the benefit of anything to help him get there.
5: Right. Hey, Carl, like when people say it's unknowable, because Kirk Jung was on earlier saying, I don't think that's true in the sense that, like, Maris, Roger Maris sets the record. He's a left-handed hitter. The Yankees believe he can pull. He he was good enough that they traded for him and hit him third in a championship lineup, right? Or in a championship caliber lineup in front of Mickey Mantle. Sure enough, he hits 39 home runs because he learns to pull the ball, which not only works at Yankee Stadium, but all-around baseball. And then the next year, expansion, watered-down pitching. He hits the 61 outlier, age 26 season in his prime, all that. He just won the MVP the year before. All those things could be explained by external circumstances, his age, trajectory of his his career, but none of that would apply to Bonds, McGuire, or Sosa. It's very clear, I think, that there's no shot that any of them whiff a home run record without a lot of help, whereas internal help, not external, whereas Judge comes into the league, Carl, he had 52 home runs as a rookie. Like in partial seasons, he was hitting close to thirty home runs. He hit thirty nine last year, the first time he played most of a full season, like as Maris did the year before he broke it.
2: Not the same thing. Very is it? similar what Maguire did too. Maguire came in and hit almost fifty home runs his rookie year. I mean, there. Look, but there he never slugged over five
5: hundred again, Carl. He was always slugging under five hundred after his rookie year, and then suddenly. But there he was babe something Ruth.
2: appropriate, isn't there, Max? And and guys, to Aaron Judge being the biggest strongest i mean the outlier of aaron judge is his physical size and it's not as if aaron judge changed physical size since he came into the league his batting style changed his stance changed his approach changed but there's nothing that would suggest anything went into his body to change the size of certain parts of his body so it is appropriate in a lot of ways that the biggest strongest guy is the one who holds this home run record it's it's a boxing match it's as you know max i mean a lot of times The reason Marvin Hagler won is because there was nobody nastier. There's nobody that had a better left fist than he did. There was nobody quick. There are appropriate measures by which we look at these and judge them. Will Chamberlain was the greatest scorer in NBA history because he did things other people didn't do. Aaron Judge is able to do things other people can't do. And there's a reason Maris' 61 lasted for 61 years. That's the benchmark of a human being generally and 154, 162-game season. That's it. Ravi,
1: are you going for a walk? Where, 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 yeah, I'm out on yeah, a walk. I could tell. I, I, yeah, I hear it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Call Ravage, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN MLB announcer. I feel like I'm on a walk, Yeah, right? we're all yeah. on a walk with Ravi. Yeah. Join us here on KSRG. Yeah, come on along. It's a little breezy out here. It's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. I hear Ravi. We had, we had Cameron Mabin on earlier, and we were you – know, I made the point – about Aaron Judge and about, you know, going through the season now, you know, his contract potentially being in the threes, right, which is crazy from where it was originally compared to what the Yankees offered him. But, you know, Cameron brought up the point about you know, one of the things that maybe because I said as an athlete I'm always petty, you know, I always have rabid ears, I, I hear what the organization wants to do, if I a radio host treat it. Petty. And the fact that they when they leaked that information about what the offer was that he supposedly didn't want – how that could have left a bad taste in his mouth. From a guy who's been around baseball for a long time, do you think, has has the pinstripes lost a little bit of the allure around like, hey, I'm willing to take less to be a Yankee? Or do you think this age of player empowerment, a guy like Aaron Judge can have an incredible season, could potentially win a World Series, and then say, you know what, I want to go back home and be a San Francisco Giant?
2: Yeah, so it's not only being around baseball. I think you all have recognized... There are individuals uh, who either listen to themselves, their agents, their families, who take things like the leaking of a $213 million offer, or forget leaking, publicly sitting there at a press conference saying, here's what we offered. It pits Aaron Judge and his fan base against the Yankees and their fan base. The they-didn't-respect-me card is very real, and certain players – will use that and, and, and make decisions based on it, meaning I'm leaving here. It doesn't matter what they do. I think Aaron Judge, and again, time will tell, is a person who recognizes the value of the pinstripes. He also recognizes his own worth. Before the very first Sunday night game we did, with I was with him in the batting cage, and I said, how are you doing with regards to turning down that contract? And he winked. And he said, we're in a good place. Now, hmm. it's easy to me for somebody to say, we're in a good place when you know you have abilities, when you know you are unique, when you're physically gifted. You know, it's it's a test he knew he was going to pass. I don't think he knew he was going to pass it with a record number of home runs, but he knew he was going to pass this test. He knew what the market was going to bear if he could stay healthy and do what he does. So... I've seen players be pissed off by what they deem to be disrespectful numbers. Nobody, very few people in their right minds would look at $213 billion and think it's in any way disrespectful. But this is the world that they live in. This is the athlete's world. We're asked to relate to an athlete's perspective. We can't do it. So it jades all of us. I've just seen players say, I'm out of there. They, They blew their chance. I don't think Aaron Judge is in that category but the Yankees are going to have to acknowledge he's worth a lot more than what we originally offered him.
6: And I think they will call, especially if they want to continue to try to have a guy like Aaron judge be out in the outfield at the end of his career. Um, can the Yankees finish this off though, this season, can they go, can this become a magical ride, so to speak in the postseason?
2: Well, there are reasons to be encouraged. And Luis Severino is certainly one of them and, you know, it's interesting, you watch Cole last night. I mean, Max is a big Yankee fan. I know you guys follow the Yankees. Really interesting, you know, Max Fried is the number one starter for the Braves. Urias is the number one starter for the Dodgers this season. DeGrom, Scherzer, you know who they are. Game one, Severino based on his last start, Cortez, or $324 million guy, Cole? There are some questions there, but... The development and advance of the Severino the last couple of weeks is a coach. the bullpen is in shambles. And, you know, frankly, the Astros are a better team. They're more well-rounded. When we went into Atlanta this weekend, we watched the Mets get swept. The Braves were red hot. It's easy to look at them and say they're a much better team when they play that way than the Mets. The Yankees aren't as good as the Astros. It doesn't mean they can't beat them. If they get them in an LCS.
5: Hey, Carl, it's interesting you bring up the bullpen being in shambles. And certainly Severino, who had the average, the hardest average velocity on his fastball of any major league starter before he got hurt, was, you know, seven no-hit innings and topping 100 miles an hour again. But, you know, once upon a time, 20 years ago, if you had two stud aces, hammers at the top of the rotation... It's not that it didn't matter what else you had, but, man, like that's how the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees, right? They had Johnson and Schilling at the top of the rotation. Um, and, and teams that had that had an enormous advantage. You look at DeGrom and Scherzer for the Mets. Do you, do you think it is still like that, or has the game changed to the point where those two stud aces at the top of the rotation mean less than, for example, the bullpen, or relatively less than they used to compared to the bullpen?
2: on which round you're playing. The fact that the Mets have to play in a wild card series, and if they win, go into a division series, and if they win, go into an LCS, that the two great pitchers at the top are not going to be the, the outliers, the ability that Schilling and Johnson had. And let's not forget, you know, Madison Bumgarner, Randy Johnson, oh, yeah. how many games that they ended up actually influencing the game from the bullpen. So th- that's not going to happen with the Mets pitchers. Could it happen with somebody like Severino? Yeah. Could it happen with somebody like Tyler Glass now? Sure it could. Um, What are the Dodgers going to do with their back end? But there's a depth about the Dodgers that I don't think the Mets have. I don't think the Yankees have. I think the Braves do. I mean, think about the Braves' bench. Think about the Dodgers' bench. Those guys are going to influence it. In the case of having just two starters, I think it really depends. If I take the Mets as an example, Max, The Mets playing in a division series only and resting these two guys, I don't know how you quantify it, but the chances of them winning without having to deal with a wild card are multiplied tenfold. So this is a very unique format in postseason, and I like it because it rewards the regular season. I feel bad for the Mets. They won 100 games, and they're not going to avoid a wild card, but I think the two-pitcher model gets really banged when you have to play in a wild card series, sure does. That's scary.
1: Bro. Ravi, I'm a Mets fan. We had, you know, during that series with the Braves, what we had like 22 runs that were left on base. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, it's can they turn around? I mean, obviously, when you have guys like Scherzer and guys like Degrom, you know, we'll talk about the blister and and how that affects his throwing, and and the Scherzer with the shoulder thing. But do you think they have a legitimate shot? Like, what needs to happen in order for the Mets actually to to get
2: to the top? Uh, the guy that invented flex grip needs to go over to starling marte's house and somehow get his finger right so that he can he can play and perform. Uh, they are so i i think hurt by not having that presence in a lineup. he's and he is a presence. you know, he's not Aaron Judge but there's a there's an attitude about marte. there's a base stealing aspect, there's an outfield aspect, there's protection. so uh, that <laughs> Whoever that guy is, you know, you all know Flex Seal. We need somebody to fix that finger of his. And according to Buck yesterday, it doesn't appear as if that's going to be, that's going to be, you know, reality. So they, no, the answer to that question is no. Uh, And especially it's rooted in, I I think, the comment Max Scherzer made the other day, I don't know if you guys heard it, but how much he was looking forward to the winter so he can get his body back. Exactly. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) There's still the month of October before the winter. Isn't, and Max has historically been such a competitive guy. He'd look forward to something like that. You know, he'd comment on, I can't wait for the postseason. And I believe he feels that way. But the the alluding to the winter was troubling for me.
6: Now that the season is coming to a close, who will get the MVP? Will it be Otani or will it be Aaron Judge based on the 62?
2: Yeah, I think it's based on the entire season. And I, I think we talked about this on Sunday night. If Otani was a rookie this year, it would be, to me, a far more intense conversation, meaning we've never seen this before. It's something so unique. It is an outlier. But we all just went through this last year with him. So, unfortunately, the the curse of Otani is Otani. We've seen this act before. We've never seen the judge act before, And, and that's in its totality. We've never seen, as Max said, you know having 20 more homers uh, nearing a triple crown and still having a chance so the totality and the uniqueness of judge's season carrying a team 100 wins um to me tips it in his favor and it's and it's not close but if otani was a rookie oof
5: it that would, to me, freaky. be a very
2: different conversation. Carl,
5: it's so freaky, right? Like, usually you get tremendous deviation from the mean, not when, not like, you know, early in baseball history when Babe Ruth could play it full time and everyone else had a day job, right? Smaller sample right. sizes where, right. you know, you flip right. a coin 10 times, you might get eight heads, two tails, but if you flip it a thousand times, it's going to be about 50 50. The fact that baseball is structured the way it is now and you have outliers like Otani maybe the best we've never seen it before, and judge, even Mike Trout. Mike Trout's played, yeah. what, barely over 100 games, has almost 40 home runs. Like, what's yeah. going on with some individual seasons this year compared to the average player is insane. And Otani in any other year would be a runaway MVP. All right, Well, it's uh, uh, interesting times in baseball. Great times in baseball and a great postseason coming up. Great postseason coming up. And the great Carl Ravitch was nice enough to join us today. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate it. Enjoy that walk, Ravitch. Anytime.
2: Always fun to be on with you guys. Anytime.
5: ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. His very own Carl Ravitch, ladies and gentlemen. Every Major League Baseball postseason game, by the way, will be on ESPN Radio. Coverage of the wild card round starts Friday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Also, all of the wild card games will be on ESPN. Meantime... ESPN senior NFL writer Jason Reed joins us to discuss his book, Rise of the Black Quarterback, and the impact black quarterbacks have had on the game.
0: Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.
7: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?
5: Rise of the Black Quarterback here on Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Jason.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good morning. What's going on, Jay? what's up, right. Jay? What's up, Key?
5: I look forward oh, to good, reading man. this, man.
4: Appreciate you, J. Will, thank it's you. It's gonna be a good read. Thank you, Key.
5: You wrote a you wrote a book. You wrote a book that there's there's some
6: over lot overlapping issues here. You want to you have you have something you want to s- set this off with? Oh no, we yeah, but no, mine was more about the mine was more about the 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 uh, history of the nfl with the the, the first four black, uh... players that was uh, brought back into the nfl back in the nineteen sixties jason's is more about the black quarterback but some of the same parallels um, jason's book is a certain certainly a, an amazing read i had an opportunity to, to speak to a class at usc about a month and a half ago alongside jason and talk about some of the issues that's in his book Um, And I wanted to bring up one in particular to start with, Jason. You know, you told a story about Warren Moon coming out of the University of Washington and having an opportunity to to be the top quarterback in the draft, but yet and still one particular team, one particular front office or a couple front office executives uh, declined to look at him any further to make him the quarterback instead.
4: They elected to do something different can you elaborate on that for the audience yeah key you know um, when, we, when we were in that class I, I brought that up because I thought it was a, a very important story in the book when Warren moon was coming out of the University of Washington in 1978 he was the co pack eight it was the pack eight at the time Player of the Year he helped Washington win the Rose Bowl goes undrafted and you know I was, I was talking to a scout to someone who was a scout with the Cowboys at the time and he told me that, you know, he went to the University of Washington, he, he looked at Warren Moon, and he filed this report that said, hey, this is the guy to take, okay? It's, now it's 1978. No quarterback had ever been taken in the first round. No black quarterback had ever been taken in the first round in the NFL draft at that point. Wow. And he knew, the scout told me, he knew that, look, this is going to be a hard sell. But they were having, the Cowboys were having a draft meeting, and he, and he lays this out to some of the, the brightest minds in the history of the NFL – Tom Landry, you know, Gil Brandt, Tex Schramm, people who are on the Mount Rushmore of the NFL. And there was a, after he finished his report, silence in the room. You, you could hear a pin drop. And someone pierces the silence and says, well, did you talk to him about changing positions? Because in 1978, mm-hmm. you know, again, black players, with black quarterbacks were not being drafted to play quarterback in the NFL. They all were changed to either wide receivers or cornerback, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So he said, no. This guy's a quarterback, and obviously it went nowhere after that. He wasn't drafted. The Cowboys didn't take him. But, you know, had the Cowboys taken him, and granted, it would have been a lot for the Cowboys to take him. But he could have been the quarterback after Roger Staubach. And how might NFL history and Cowboys history have been different if Warren Moon replaced Roger Staubach instead of Danny White?
6: (laughs) I chuckle at that because think about about that, though. That in our minds. The quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys in the state of Texas at that point in time. They, oh, God, they would have had, they'd have had people
1: turning over in their graves, man. Jason, uh, where is that thread gone?
4: Where is it now? And what's your interpretation of where it will go? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, and, and you know, you guys had me on the show a, a while back to talk about the Kyler Murray situation. And, you know, what I said was there has never been a better time to be a black quarterback in the NFL. I mean, just the the facts. These guys are adored. They have the biggest contracts, some of the biggest contracts in the history of the NFL. They are the leaders of teams. Teams are built around them. They are the faces of franchises. So when you talk about that through line, you know, it was horrible, you know, for years and years. Black men were just not allowed to play quarterback in this league. And now it is great. Okay, there's just no question about that. But progress is not perfection. And, you know, we know about the Kyler Murray situation with the contract addendum. Um, You know, and and I said on the show when you guys had me on before, I thought that was a Kyler Murray-specific situation. I didn't think that related to all black quarterbacks or a cloud over all black men who now play quarterback in the NFL. But where it's going, Jay, will you know, I said this to to Key when we we, uh, talked uh, about our books together at USC – You look at all of the the major college powerhouses, the traditional ones, the Alabamas, the USC's, the Ohio State's, Turn on college football on Saturday, you will see black men who play quarterback or black young men who play quarterback across America. It would not be shocking if in another five to ten years there were as many as 12 to 16 superstar black quarterbacks in the NFL. Because if you look at the youth football, you look at high school football, and you look at major college football, Mm. I mean, these guys are just all over the place It's
6: it's amazing. It's amazing you just brought that up, Max, Jay, and, and Jason. I was just having this what you came just came out of your mouth. I was having this conversation yesterday at lunch with somebody about the black quarterback situation across college football, in particular at USC because we got Caleb Williams now, who is our first black quarterback, Jay, since Rodney Pete as wow. a starter. That means something to our school. And Rodney Pete, that was so long ago, right? And we were saying how our university was so stuck on the statue pocket quarterback with the hair coming out of the back of the helmet with the blue eyes, and he would deliver the football in sync. And a guy, it took Lincoln Riley to come to USC to realize that, wait a minute, Tennessee, Ohio, how am I going to compete with C.J. Stroud running all over the place and Bryce Young running all over the place but still being able to deliver the football if I just had a statue quarterback? It's just it's a, it's amazing that you brought that up. It's so fascinating.
5: Yeah, and by the way, it's I guess it's unknowable or at least difficult to measure. But clearly, the where does the camera go? Where's everyone's mind on the coach and the quarterback? So if you don't want to be perceived as a quote-unquote black league, if those faces are white, that's a much easier sell to those who if you believe those that your customer base that your consumers want a white league. I think a lot of it's based on the the biases of the owners making assumptions about their marketplace that may not be entirely true nevertheless that was the case for decades and decades and decades and that era seems to be coming to a close
6: one would hope Well, what, well how to, important to some degree was, though, what's yeah what's that what's that key i said no i was just saying to myself to some degree because i look at what you just said max and, yeah. and I look at Lamar Jackson, who's a former MVP, not getting the endorsements. I don't see him. I don't yeah. see him plastered all over that's right. television. That's right. Which is speaks to they think that that is yeah, what the consumer wants. I don't know
5: how scientific all that is, though. I, that may just be a lot of assumptions that may not be right. Who knows? Uh, how important was Colin Kaepernick to the story of the book?
4: Well, I mean, I could. I don't think it would have been. It would have been intellectually dishonest for me to try to tell this story without bringing Kaepernick. You know, Kaepernick it represents something NFL had never seen before. You had never had a starting Pro Bowl caliber player. I mean, Grant, you know, you can talk about how good he is, but he did help a team reach a Super Bowl, and he was a very good dual-threat quarterback. You had never had someone who occupied this position in the game take a stand on, on civil rights issues, on, on issues of police brutality and systemic oppression. Now, wherever you come down on those issues – no NFL. I hope
5: you're not for them. People who come down, on. I'm against them. I hope well, people are against them. Well, yeah. there are a lot
4: of people who are against <laughs> the, stand, the stand that he took, obviously. Right, so right. so I, I felt I had to include him in this book because he's very important in this story because no other starting quarterback in NFL history had ever done what he had done. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was very important to the book.
5: Indeed. Jason Reed, ESPN senior NFL writer, author of... The rise of the black quarterback, which is certainly one of the things that is happening talk about the zeitgeist right what's happening now in the world of sports, that is
1: certainly central to what is happening
5: in in terms of the biggest issues of in in American sports right now
1: and Max, the last line of the title too, what it means for America also talks about how it's integrated it's it's fascinating
6: no, it really is it's a yeah, it it, it, it talks about so many great quarterbacks, black quarterbacks that. You know, from from Shaq Harris to to um, oh god, I can't think of my guy who uh, who passed away recently. Uh, Marlon Briscoe. Uh, Marlon Briscoe, actually, Marlon Br- Marlon Briscoe coached me a wide receiver in junior
4: college. Did he really? Well, okay.
6: Uh, yeah, yeah. Coach Briscoe was my guy, and so it it's, it gives you all of those little nuggets, Jay. It's just it it went a lot went into Jason being able to uncover, discover some of the things that is never really even talked about or mentioned.
5: Thank you Jason, appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys thank you very much. With the uncertainty surrounding the health of Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, Jay should the Giants trade for Mitch
0: Trubisky? From your radio to your smart speaker and phone
7: now playing ESPN
0: Media. or watch on ESPN 2, Keyshawn, J. Will and Max Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have
6: the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety
3: partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
7: Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
5: Jay, you just brought it up
1: off mic. The fan who dove for the 62. Well, all I'm saying, Keith, is if I were in the stand, I would have dove for it too. It, I would have broken a clavicle, broken a leg. Well, like
5: when Key says, "Man, you're dropping Bentleys when a receiver drops a pass. You don't want to drop. That's not a Bentley. That's a that's a house. I mean, yeah, Aaron, I think 62, I think it just
6: what? I think it depends on. I don't know. It, it it depends on, like for me, I would have dove for because I'm broke. So, the dude apparently that caught it is pretty well off. He more in the J and Max category. So oh, he's an investment know.
1: VP in Dallas. He don't need that ball.
6: So yeah, he's an investment VP in Dallas. So that must be some type of hedge fund guy that hangs out with Jay, right? I mean, that's kind of what it is. My name. And so, would, if you had that type of money, allegedly that he has. Do you look at the ball?
1: Do you try to get it? What do you do? He owns half of Calabasas. What is he talking about? He's the CEO of ESPN. I don't know why he's trying to deflect. <laughs>
6: man, I'm, what would he's you do, man? Would try, if the ball came <laughs>
1: your way, as, 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 as well off as you guys are, what would you do? You know me. I'm diving. I'm catching it. I'm turning that moment into an NFT, and I'm holding on to the ball. <laughs> I'm
0: trying to I'm it. <laughs> I'm monetizing every aspect of it, I'm monetizing every
1: aspect of it. But seriously, Key, i I would have I dove for it just because I think – First off, you know me. I don't think I'm you plan slick. it, man.
5: You see the ball there, yeah, you just you go react. for it. I, yeah. would,
1: I would try to sell it back to Aaron Judge. Like, don't worry, I'll wait. Yeah, for Yeah, no, get I'm your... selling. I'm not selling it. to Whoever buy it, yeah. it ain't got to be him. It could be whoever wants it. Yeah, I you to get your three hundred million dollar contract, and let's talk. Let's talk about how much it means. Yeah, to but him. I wouldn't want to take his money. Yo, why
6: not? No, nah, not She'll the player. Take I, I don't want to do the so player. Like, no, no, no. He's fine. No, no Sotheby's will put it up for auction.
1: Yeah, that auction might. He is no, there I'm thinking, saying you put it up for auction. I wouldn't he's go trying to, to think of the lowest
5: number well, that, he can think of. That's he's what I'm like saying. A, you don't
1: have to put it up for like public. You can still put it up for auction. Just auction it to Aaron Judge. Yeah, but I don't want to take Aaron Judge's money. I would
6: simply no, hand it to Aaron no value. Judge there's, for a handshake no and a picture. Value, right? What? The players, I don't think the that players ever bucks. keep that stuff. I think they give it to Cooperstown or something. They don't ever like. I don't think Aaron Judge would ever keep it.
2: Picking and choosing whose money you're going to
1: take sounds like a really rich person thing to it's say. It's a rich problem to have. Mm. I got to be honest, kid. I was going through some of my like old school like USA basketball stuff and uh, cool stuff. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, I don't. What am I gonna? I'm just gonna hold on to let, it. Listen, what, what all yes, collectors' it your, items give are give basically it kids, junk. Man. In the yeah, end, it's all basically
5: junk. The reality no, it's is, not. it's basically junk. My Come stuff on, is guys. art. Well, I mean, I look, got, here and there, you're right.
1: There's some, but does will disqualify as it right as one of those. I mean, you know, all that stuff, too. Key was like 4X. I'm like, yeah, I wore 4X. What would you get for it? <laughs> extra what big would you joints. Damn. I'll give you a million
6: bucks well, for that ball. Give me a you Smith trophy. I'll take that.
0: Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio. Everywhere you are.
7: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Lies, <laughs> lies, X. lies, and more lies. Yeah, I feel, like you, kid, I feel insurance. like you had a problem with that statement, Key. Yeah. Because Did you... it's a lie. What do you, I mean, I he was one of the kings of the sports as he walked in. <laughs> the debate at the time
6: was LeBron he, or Kobe. Uh,
1: one. I mean, Kobe, I get it.
2: But now, that was now oh,
6: after three and a half, three hours and 45 minutes go by, you to change a damn mind. No,
1: why? I mean, I change my mind every day. All I'm saying, though, is the dude was a chosen one. It, it,
6: there no, are a lot
5: there's of... no – He wasn't the undisputed best in the game, but a lot of people at the time but, thought the Brown was what the best. I,
6: was, I guess what I'm saying, as a giant, right, right now – Aaron Judge is the giant of Major League Baseball. You mm-hmm. can say Ohtani. You can say uh, 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 Judge is the most famous dude. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. There you go. That's all I'm saying. And at that time when we were talking about LBJ, there was still a Kobe aspect of there because remember the Lakers were running from 08 to 12, 13, where the Lakers was the it was the Kobe run and the Lakers. And then eventually Nike did that commercial, Jay. It was like the the puppet commercial where. They were like Uh, passing the torch to LeBron, so to speak, kind of making the transition to LeBron. That's all I was saying. I'm not saying that LeBron isn't the, the famous LeBron that we know. I just think that at that time, it took him to go to Miami to win a championship to accomplish
1: something before he surpassed a bunch of guys in the NBA yeah we got off on the tangent on that a little bit I I guess my overall point was just that like the, the same kind of Aaron Judge being the face of baseball to me is similar to LeBron James being the face of basketball right and the clout that comes along with that and LeBron has kind of set this tone that yes now he is a Laker but he did things untraditionally right it was like in a non-traditional way, where he blazed
5: like, a new trail.
1: Yes, and like, like
5: things are always the same until someone comes. A, a jump shooter can never do, win a
1: championship, and then Steph Curry comes along and things change. And that was my point do with we we Judge. I was like, "Oh, he's going to stay with the Yankees." I'm like, "Just because you would stay with the Yankees because you think it makes all the sense in the world because of the history of this franchise, a lot of players these days, due to people and their trailblazing styles, doesn't mean they think that way."
5: Key, can I? tell yeah,
1: you Yeah, no, that's true. But Jay, do do we? Are we looking at
6: LeBron James more now as a Laker than we did as a Cav or even as a Miami Heat? Like, like what I mean by that, and maybe it's because the social media is bigger now and there's more social media platforms. But it just feels like to me, and maybe because I'm a Laker fan, so to speak, that I, all LeBron James 24-7 opposed when he was in Cleveland or even in Miami.
1: That's a valid point, Key. I think being in L. I think being in L. A. is similar to New York a little bit, but different because right. L. A. to me for LeBron is like a reality TV show, all the <laughs> damn time, Key. You know what all I'm talking t- like, Even even That's the comment he here. made yesterday like, yeah, I don't have a relationship with Kareem. You know, like that that blew up. It was trending online. It was a simple comment, right? But just I guess attached to all the greats that have played. And, I, I hear you.
6: And that goes back to my comment. About there's in Major League Baseball for me, and Max could pay attention and, and listen to this. It's Yankees, Dodgers, Giants. In the Cardinals,
5: Sox. Cardinals were there.
6: Yeah, Cardin but it's cardinal. Yeah, I guess you can say Cardinals too because they got a big rich history. Yep. But so key. So, I mean,
1: if 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 it's a, if, it's a, if the Giants is a place that you're from, if you're from the Bay Area, and you yes. tell me there isn't a drop off. To a team that doesn't get—it's I mean, the same thing, right? You know, we often talk about quarterbacks. Oh, so it's kind of like the same home. thing. It's, but it's home. home, yeah. So but the market is same. Up. He's yeah. talking about uh, those
5: Tiffany brand heritage franchises, yeah. And and even as things change, they still hold sway. They still have weight. It doesn't mean like Jay, that got, that'll it, be like, the deciding factor, but it is something to yeah. consider. It has like Jay, weight,
6: like Jay. Like check this out though. So if I'm 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 on a Twenty-five. Uh, there's a twenty-five and oh NC State basketball team NC that just State. won a championship. And th- no, I'm serious. And then there's a Duke team that didn't go to the championship. I'm going to Duke. I'm going to Duke, cause even if even if well, we don't get to the championship, I'm at Duke.
1: See, but Man, like NC I, I don't. State? Yeah, I don't. I don't look at. Yeah, I hear you. But if there was like a like, see, I grew up a Georgetown fan. Like I'm a John Thompson fan. So no, I get that. Like, if there's a Georgetown that's available. I mean, I, I see what Duke is. I like it, but I'm rocking with Georgetown now. If Georgetown was rolling, if at it the was time, right, even yeah, if they, it was right, you Georgetown's
6: a different situation with John T. coaching and all that sort of stuff. But when I look at these brands, like I'm not going to the University of Tennessee if I can go to USC. It's just not going to happen because it's the rich history of it. Key, let me let me say this
5: though. Um... I, when I was doing the show with Marcellus Wiley, Key and I both did local shows, and I did Afternoon Drive, Key did Morning Drive, and, and 710 LA, ESPN LA. Great station. Had a lot of fun there, and, and Key was with LZ Granderson. I was with Marcellus Wiley. And Marcellus, around the time that um, LeBron had a choice to make, was talking about, I'm forgetting exactly what team was rumored, but he, his point was, because he's a Clippers fan, of course. His never going to happen. His point, no, no, not the Clippers. That's not the <laughs> – his point was the players nowadays want to light their own torch, right? They want to do their own thing. And he, and he talked about his own experience where he could have gone. He didn't get recruited by every top school and everything, but he, he could have gone to a more prestigious program, but he chose Columbia because he wanted to do his own thing, right? There are some personality types that are like, you know what? I know that to everyone else the pinstripes mean everything, but I like this new owner of the Mets, I like the fact that he wants to put a four in front of the contract or 350 or whatever it is, right? And I don't like the way the Yankees were penny-pinching me before the season began. I don't like it, right? Like, that could happen.
6: It's not no, out of the could, realm it, of possibility. It, it, it certainly can happen. Kobe Bryant wanted to lead the Lakers at once upon a time. The Lakers actually tried to He wanted to go to the Clippers. And had – not just the Clippers. They had offers on the table for multiple teams across the NBA. If you go and have an opportunity to watch A Legacy on Hulu – it will show me tell you. They documented you know, I mean, everything. On camera, episode two. I love camera. It.
5: Episode huh? two.
6: Episode two.
5: I can't get enough. Oh,
6: so yeah. so it could happen. There's no question about it. I just know as a as a player, when you have an opportunity to be with the likes of the Jeters, the Mariano Rivera's, the Reggie Jacksons, the Babe Ruths. You know what I'm saying? The Roger Maris. So you got a chance to be in that outfield. You won't have that chance to be in at outfield if you decide to leave based on some feelings that because
1: at the time they valued you a certain way. All I'm saying, Keith, somebody comes with a four in front of that number to me.
6: Yeah. I, I don't care. Where Whoever comes
5: with a four, I'm going there. If someone comes with a four. I mean, now
6: good. you're talking crazy. 200000000 right. million, $400 million. I'd go figure out how to play on the moon.
1: I'm on on the moon. How about if you're off $50 How about if you're off $50 yeah, see, this is what the
6: Yankees like, should it's do. It's not really. If okay, I'm off fifty city, million, that's not really. I'll give city really tax and lot. state tax. How about this, Jay? I'll that's give not a whole you, lot, though, I'll, Jay. When you're talking, that's not a whole lot.
1: 50 million is a lot, Key.
6: Not when you're talking about three hundred million. Jay, yeah, how about this?
1: That's three fifty million. That's a lot more. We all, we get all
6: get know out of that they're gonna go up. We know they're coming up from the two thirteen. How they're about this? They're not staying there. I'll
5: give you three. I'll give it to you in five years. I'll give you sixty a year. Shorter deal. Five years. Three hundred million. Do it right now. Call it a day. For the Yankees. Yep. I want
1: to see what the market. Gives. Ah, that's the problem. Oh, they blew it. You they you waited mean? too long. What do you I, mean? Mean? I warned them this would happen. Well, I'm hit 60 do you home. Yeah. home runs, do it, do it me
6: for the love of the game. You guys are unbelievable. We're back tomorrow, we'll 6 a.m. Eastern. Eastern KJ. KJ.
0: From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN 2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN 2.